Welcome to an echoey episode of Eat, Shit, and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about echoes, board games, and sometimes food. I'm Jared, and with me as always is my echo, and Chandi. This week, we're talking, what are we talking about, Chandi? You want to read the episode title? It's the Super Echo Storytime episode, and it's not like the Amazon Echo. (laughs) No. Um, So the reason that it's so echoey here is we're in the new studio room, place, and there's no uh, sound foam on the wall because... Because Jared Um, hasn't done it yet. We're behind schedule. Yes. But we had to move into this new room. So it's echoey. So enjoy the echo. Echo, echo. That wasn't... That wasn't real. That wasn't real. That was you. It was. That was you going echo, echo. It was. How did you know? Uh, Because I... Because you're like I can't actually see you through this microphone. (laughs) I can't actually see you. Right. But uh, I, know. I can tell this is going to be a fantastic episode. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do everybody's favorite uh, a story time episode. Everybody loves when Jared and I just go off script and talk about stupid That's stuff. That's true. That's true. But before we get to that, John D has been uh, going far and wide. Yes. Yes, lots and of close conventions. And, uh, near and far? Well, no, I said, I said far and wide. And then so, like, near and narrow? Is that the opposite of that? Sure. What does that mean? Far and wide, okay. near and not wide, I don't know. Yep. But the point is, John D's been uh, traveling at various uh, conventions, board game related yes. and otherwise. Yes. And has seen some, um, has seen some things. Yep, I've seen some things, man. <laughs> I, I live. I lived the life, and I've seen some things. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. That's that is exactly what you told me. It is in um, exactly that voice too. Uh, yeah, because I talk in that voice all the time. That's true. I've heard it. Yeah, it's my thing. I mean, so yeah. yeah. What? I don't know. Here's the thing: you won't shut up about this game in, in the wooden box, and it's not that you won't shut up about it because it's like. You're being annoying. It's just you're really excited about it. It's the coolest thing I have ever seen. (laughs) Like, this is my new Grail game. If I can get a hold of this game without paying like $500 for it, I totally want it. Uh Because it's so cool. So it's a game called Master Thieves. And I honestly have no idea who published it. um, Because the picture I have of it just says something Z-O. Maybe it's a C and an H. I don't know. Um... I think maybe it might be German, not sure, but so the game is, it comes in this big wooden box, which in itself, the packaging is amazing. And I, I can't even see how anybody ever published this game and made any money off of it. Yes. Um, to answer your question. Yes. That is the name of the company. They've published a few other, um, gosh, what's the name of that, that, the dexterity game with the platter and you drop stuff on it. Uh, with the platter and you drop stuff on yeah. it. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, so Master Thieves is this... It's amazing. Um, so it, it comes in a big wooden box, and then inside of it is this really cool-looking wooden box. For those of you actually, that are screaming at me right now, Bambolio. Ah, okay. People that are in their car going, you idiot, it's Bambolio. I've never heard of it. Um, you can tell me about it in a second after I get yeah. to talk. So Master Thieves, um, it, ha- it has this big wooden box. And the box has three sections. 
And each section has a drawer on it. So there's like four drawers on each section. All the sections rotate individually. And then the drawers have, are, are, they're like double drawers, like above and below type drawers. So in the game, you're, you're, you have all these cards that are different types of thieves. There's like a gem thief and I don't remember what all the cards are, but they all do different things. And you're trying to, you start out with two different sets of gems. You have real gems and fake gems. You're trying to get rid of all the fake gems. And you do that by hiding them in the by drawers. By hiding them in the drawers. And then when they, if they fall out, then they're a real gem and you get to collect them. Or like if you find them in the drawer, when you open a drawer, you get to keep them. If they fall out of the bottom when you open a drawer, then it goes into like a community pile that somebody else can maybe earn with a particular card. So okay. you don't know, like you, you see when people put a gem in a drawer but it's really hard to keep track of where they've placed it because then they get to rotate a part of it and then they get to flip it over and, you know, they move it around to you. So it's really hard to keep track of where anybody has put gems. So when it's your turn, it's really just a crapshoot on picking which drawer you're going to open. Three of the drawers, drawers are longer than the other drawers. So there's one of the cards that lets you open the drawer all the way. And if there's that hidden compartment, then you get the gems that are in both because there's always a gem in that hidden compartment. So the game is just, it's really cool at at the beginning. There's, there's a gem automatically in all the hidden compartments. Okay. So when you see it at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. So, um, not only does it have this really cool wooden box, the game itself is actually pretty fun. So that's just like an added bonus. Um, so seriously, it's my new Grail game. I really want this game. Apparently, it's in the BGG Con library. Somebody said it might be in the Geekway library. But I have never seen this before. It's so cool, though. I mean, um, it's possible that there is one because there's a lot of games in the Geekway library, but I've never seen this. Well, and apparently this game with BGG Con, it's really hard to actually check it out because it's always checked out, like always checked out. We just happen to be walking through and... Uh, the girl I was playing with or was going to be playing a game with, she had been telling me about it and then she spotted it and she's like, oh my God, they have this. So um, it, it was it, it was the highlight of cool games that I've played lately. And it is old. Like, I don't know when it was made. Um, it looks like it was published in 2004. Really? That's it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It looked like it, from the picture that I took, it looks like it would be older, but maybe... 2004. Maybe it's just because it's in a library and yeah, has been it's used a seen lot. a little bit of wear. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't see how a company would have made any money off of that game because of the production value in it. Like the wooden box is really substantial. Like I see now, somebody could probably do it, and like you could even three D print that thing now. Possibly, yeah. But. Um, yeah, it was a super cool game. And if, if you who are listening get a chance to ever play Master Thieves, I highly recommend it. So um, I, I did a little bit of research. And the game, when it was released in 2004, retailed for $120. Yeah, that sounds about right. It is, 10 years later, $295, not including shipping from Germany. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit pricey. Yes, yes. Um Honestly, if I had the money to spend, I would spend it in a heartbeat because this game's really cool. And I mean, talk about the the table presence of this thing. If you're like, hey, guys, want to play a game? And then you bring this box out. 
So uh, it's my new grail game, and I will get it eventually. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Um, there are a few that I see here that are, I mean, you know, it's, it's expensive, but if you want to drop 140 euros, I know where you can get one. Don't think you want to drop 140 euros. Um, not currently, but maybe at some point. Yeah. It could happen eventually. Uh, the guy will only ship to Europe. Oh, well, that's... So, maybe not. Well, you know, maybe someday <laughs> I will buy it and then be like, I'm going to be in at Essen or yeah. something. Be like, ship it to me at my hotel at Essen. Well, this company also has published a few other dexterity-type games. Um, Bambolio, it, it's, a, it's a stick, and then there's a ball, and then there's the disc, and there's various <gasps> shapes of wood. Yeah, Oh, I saw people... That. No, I no, haven't played you it. were playing I was, Poetry Slam. Yes, but I, yes. you guys went over and I remember seeing that at Geekway. Yes, I have a copy of that game. Okay. Um, we could play it sometime if you'd like, but yeah, it's a dexterity game where you... A very physical dexterity game. Oh, yeah, game. yeah. Um, it's a, a disc that is barely balanced on a stick, and you have to remove the pieces one by one, which... Um, they're all going to fall on the floor. Um, the bigger the the piece that you remove, the more points you score, but also it's a higher chance of the whole thing spilling over, which gets you negative points. So it's kind of a you know risk-taking game. But yeah, they, uh, they have a copy of it in the Geekway library. I'm not sure that there's ever been any kind of organized event for it, but it's honestly not a very good game. <laughs> it's, um, it looks really cool, though. It's fun, but it's one of those really shallow dexterity games where after you play it a few times, you're like, okay, this is just, I just pick up a piece of wood and I see what happens. That's not really a game. Did you about Riff Raff? No, but no. they did publish that as well. I mean, they se- did it publish seems, that. It seems something that's like, yeah. Yes, they, they also published Riff Raff and Hamster Roll and um, Saf- Safranito. Saffron, Edo, Saffron. I don't remember what the name of the game is. I could look it up, but you know what? Doesn't matter. But yeah, they've they've made a few interesting dexterity games t- type things. <laughs> <laughs> type things. Okay. Um. Gosh, what is the name of that game? I'm gonna have to look it up. Um. Yeah. So, Johnny, what, what other cool stuff um. did you play recently? Uh, nothing is is like nothing weird or exciting mm-hmm. or like I I finally got to play the stained glasses Zool, mm-hmm. and I think when we've talked about that in the past I've said you know I was on the fence about it because I didn't know if it would be different enough from regular Azul to warrant purchasing it yeah um I really liked it it take so regular Azul is very mathy when you're trying to do your scoring at the end of each round or whatever. Uh, stained glass Azul basically takes all that math out. Okay. So the scoring is a lot easier. I mean, you still have to do some, but it, you don't have to go, okay, I get this much for this going this way on this row and this much. And then I have the other ways. The math is like so simplified in your scoring in stained, stained glass Azul. And it is definitely enough different to warrant getting the game. I really, really, in fact, I almost don't want to play regular Azul again. Uh, now that I've played the stained glass one. Almost. I mean, I like regular Azul as well, but... Well, did you know that I bought the giant size version? I did not. Yes. 
um, which I expect in the mail anytime now. I don't. I have no idea when they're shipping it. It comes in a big wooden box, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. a wood carry like a briefcase. Case. Yeah. 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 That'll be cool. I'll, I'll definitely play Azul for that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the stained glass Azul, bonus, the pieces look a lot like, hall, you know, Square Hall's cuff drops? Yes. The pieces look just like Square Hall's cuff drops. And that's a good thing. It's just weird. Like, I think I saw a meme going around the other day saying, um, you could get extra parts at Walmart. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Because... Because they pretty much look exactly just the same. Because cough drops. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, no. So, yeah, I played that. Um, oh, I played a game called Crown of Amara. And it was a really cool game. I'm trying to remember. I'm looking it up now. What, what is that? It's a Pegasus Spiel game. Okay. And it is... In, it's normally a genre of game that I probably wouldn't like because I would say it's kind of an economy type game. Um, but I actually really like it. It's got a lot of different um, elements to it. It's got like some programming in it. Uh, it's got the board is modular. Um, and there's, there's pickup and deliver and worker placement, which are all kind of, you know, things that scratch an itch for. Yeah. So, but not really particularly anything that you, that you personally are crazy about. I like worker placement a lot. Um, the rest of it, you know, I could, it just kind of depends on the game itself. But the way all the parts fit together in this one are really cool. Um, it's got basically two boards, and you on one board you're like earning, you're using your workers to earn. Um, trying to remember you're you're basically goods you're trying to earn goods on one side the other side you're using those goods to like do stuff uh in in the town like earning crowns or or, getting bibles i think they're bibles anyway um okay well it's it's like it's medieval themed so uh i'm looking at bgg now in the the story behind it is like the story that goes with it or whatever um, is good times in the tiny kingdom of Amara during the reign of King Theodorius, the wise wars and uprisings and other inconveniences became a thing of the past. Theodorius always cared more for the well-being of his subjects than for the power or riches. Therefore, the only nobleman who is able to care for Amara's citizens as well as Theodorius himself uh, as well as Theodorius did, shall become Theodorius's successor and wear the crown of Amara. So you're basically just trying to be the person that is going to become the next king. Okay. Uh, and, you know, when I saw all the game, like, out and all the fiddly bits, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. And the game actually ended up being a lot of fun. And it was not hard to learn how to play. Like, it's one of those ones where after about one year round, you're like, one round, you immediately just know what's going on. It's really hard to do what you need to do because you can only do so much in a turn. So building up the, the resources you need to do things and to earn points really takes a lot of planning. And I wasn't good at that, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not going to act like I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah. You should be, but it was a really cool game. And which, is, uh, which is something we'll get into here momentarily about why I'm not surprised about that kind of thing. <laughs> Yay. So yeah, Crown of Amara, 
and it's a Pegasus spiel game. I don't know if you can get it in the States or not. Um, I was playing it because uh, my friend Ryan brought it back from Essen. But uh, yeah, if you can get a hold of it, you should definitely check it out. I liked it a lot. And now I kind of want it. Well, I'm looking at it here on the, the Geek, as they call it. There does not appear to be any... I mean, it's English-German dual language. Mm-hmm. It is. So, I mean, you could get a copy of it. Yeah. But it does yeah. not appear that there is a North American publisher. Yeah, it's. I, th- I believe the reason Ryan had it, several different. I think several different publishers came back with a copy of it to think about publishing it. Um, so I don't know. I think maybe we'll eventually see it published in the states. Well, there was someone here that asked about an English release. I think they made a U.S. release. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they were told that it's available on their web shop but it's um, available on their web shop for 40 euros plus 50 euro shipping. Yeah, so it's pretty expensive for a board game. I'm not sure they understood the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, who knows? Um, my guess is that they've t- talked to publishers in the United States and that somebody might pick it up. I think somebody yeah. should. It's a good game, and I think that with the right company, it would probably do really well. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's uh, story time. Unless you have anything else. Um, oh, I might think of something else later. Oh, yeah. I'll just yeah. like throw it yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah. It's not like we're doing, you know, it's not strict or anything. Right, right. Um, so we play board games with our friends, and sometimes that makes for interesting stories. Well, pretty much all the time if you're playing with Jared. Um, only because every game... is a role-playing yes. game. If you try hard enough. Which is a shirt that we have that you can go buy. Yep. We're not gonna we're not gonna shove it down your throat, but there is in fact a shirt that you can buy. It's really awesome and you, I love it. You can go to our website and click on the shopping cart. Uh, a lot of times we will play games and I take it a little bit too seriously. The the role playing aspect, not the gaming part. Like uh, when we play Sheriff of Not Again. Oh, Oh, yes. We actually have a video of, of... No, we don't. It's not up on our YouTube account. Mm, no, I need somewhere, to fix those. Somewhere we have a video of the Sheriff of Nottingham because, honestly, that's a game I don't think is fun unless you're playing it with the right oh, group yeah. anyway. And Jared is absolutely the right group. <laughs> um, everybody else at the table could be crazy boring and the game would still be fun if you're playing with Jared. Uh, I, I think... All of our listeners, if you are ever at a convention where you have a chance to play a game with Jared, do it. Uh, uh, and thank me not, later. I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really fun to play games with Jared. So Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. If you've never played Sheriff of Nottingham and don't know anything about it, it's a bluffing game. You have cards that are either green or red, and the green ones are legal goods, and the red ones are contraband illegal goods. And you put them in a bag, and then you say... Uh, what you are claiming to have in your bag. So you might have three chickens, and you say, I have three chickens. Okay? You might also have two chickens and an illegal piece of cheese. But you still say you have three chickens. Mm-hmm. So you have to just kind of bluff, and if, if the person that's the sheriff of Nottingham during that round thinks that you're lying, they can open your bag. And if you were lying, you got to pay the price. If you were not lying, they have to pay the price. 
Yep. But uh, because every game is a role-playing game, if you are a lowly apple farmer or a lowly chicken farmer, and you are there but to hawk your wares at the market stalls, you better have a voice to go with it. You, you better have a character in mind. You better be like, all right, I, I have three apples, so I have, to, I have to be an apple seller. It's not really three apples. It's a bushel of apples, but you know, three bushels of apples won't fit in a bag. Not that size bag anyway. Three apples won't fit in a bag that size, <laughs> let alone three bushels. But I, I think it's one of my favorite games, and every time we play it, you you got to have a character. Well, you usually have several, but they all sound the same. Oh, they're the exact same. Yeah. It's the exact same voice. It's it's some weird voice. I can't do it on command. No, I, it just kind like, of. I tried to do it earlier. I, I tried to do the voice, and it was wrong. But yeah, you're you know you're from the south. You have your your bag of apples. You're trying to take it to the market. So if we could just fast track this, you know, if I need to pay some kind of uh, fast tracking fee, not <laughs> an illegal bribe, just you know, just to help ease the paperwork along. Because I've seen groups of of people play Sheriff of Nottingham where they just go two apples. There is no fun in that. And that's that's not fun. No. Um, I have two apples. Okay. Yeah. It's like the people that play Gloom and they just say, uh, I'm playing this card here that gives me negative five points. Yeah, that's no fun. No, no, no. no. I want to happen. I want to know what happened to Lord Slogar, the brain in the jar. Right? I want to know that he went down to the park and was having a nice day, you know, and sitting then it by got the ruined. pond. And then a gaggle of geese came over and he was harassed by geese. I want to know. I want to know all the details. I want to know every gripping detail of this story. Don't just pl- play the card that says, uh, I guess I got attacked by geese or whatever. If it's negative five points. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I played Sheriff of Nottingham with my nephews once. Mm-hmm. And I still laugh when I think about, I think, it was, I think it was Jeremy that said that he had like five apples or something in the bag. And my my nephew just looks at me and goes, in that tiny bag? <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. You go, I don't think there's five apples in that bag. I think there's maybe a sword. Yeah. Or some pepper. Yeah, yeah my nephew got really into it. It was it was <laughs> it was fun to watch. I, I believe that Jeremy got called on that. Well. I believe my nephew Jarvis was like, uh-uh, there are not five apples in that tiny bag. Were there in fact not five apples there in that bag? There were not five apples in that oh, bag. Oh boy. We can't yell at him now. He's I know. he's so far he's away. He's so far away. I mean, I assume he's in my living room. Yeah, probably. But we'll never know. It's too far. Um, John D, I think we've told this story several times, but I, I, I still really like the story. Do you remember when we played Camel Up? Oh. And we did the, I, I know exactly where the, you're going the, with this. We played for three laughs, which is a variant that I found. So normally when you play Camel Up, which is a camel racing betting game, you do one lap. But there was a variant that I found that was three laps. And I was like, all right, this is going to completely break the game. There's no way this is going to work. It, it actually worked really well. It was one of the most tense comeback stories I've ever seen. You know, the green camel or whatever camel it was, was so far behind. We're like, there's no way. There's a one in 36 chance based on the odds of the dice, so that this thing can, can come from behind and win. All it needs is the, the green die needs to roll a three, and then the yellow die has to be a two, and then the white die. And wouldn't you know it, one by one, we pulled these dice out of the pyramid, 
And little by little, this camel comes from behind. And it got so intense that our friend John had to run away and hide behind a piece of furniture. (laughs) Yes. Because he couldn't handle how ridiculous the game was getting. It was amazing. There were people playing Cards Against Humanity at the next table over from us. We were louder than we them. We were so much louder than Oh them. my God, we were so much louder. Like so You just thought louder. that we were the ones playing the ridiculous game. We were. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean. <laughs> to be fair, uh, I mean, Camel Up is a, is a pretty crazy game. Um, there's a second edition that either just came out or is about to come out, depending on when you're listening to this. And I really want it for Crimbo, but... You know, I've got a, I got a dishwasher and a refrigerator instead. So, um, Crimbo is what, is what we call Christmas now in this post-millennial society. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's when you get prezzies. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got it. You ever got Crimbo prezzies before, Randy? Uh, no. What was, the, what was the last prezzy you got for Crimbo? Uh... I don't know. I so I have it back in my his house. <laughs> I'll have to go back to my his house and check it out. Wow. Okay. <laughs> am I not cool? I know. I don't think that I am when I say things like, "What presents did you get for Crimbo?" <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you should definitely check out Camel Up. It's uh. I played. I played the new version of Camel mm-hmm. Up. Yes, there's been some rules changes. There have. Um, I played it at uh, Beach Con. Yep. And the components are are different. Mm-hmm. Um, the pyramid is actually plastic. Yes, it's nicer so now. It's nicer. It's not going to fall apart. Although, if you did purchase one from Daft Concepts, you can still use that. Do one. Do you or someone you know have a, a pyramid situation? <laughs> Where their their pyramid falls apart? Don't be embarrassed. It happens to all of us. But not anymore. Because now, you can get a premium wooden product from Daft Concepts. That's right, from Daft Concepts. Go to daftconcepts.com, search for a premium pyramid product. What did I call it? Premium? Premium pyramid. I don't know. Just search for the camel up pyramid. And use our promo code EATCHITANDDICE10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, and the camels in the new one are... They're plastic, right? They're, yeah, they're, they're plastic. And... They have added two new camels. There's a, a black and white camel. Yeah, isn't there one that goes backwards or something? The Stupid. black and white camels both move backwards. So they really throw things off because they could move and then push all the other camels um, you know, back. See, I don't like that this, they're calling this like the second edition. This should be like an optional variant. You don't have to use the black and white camel. Like well, you, well, sure. You don't have to put them in. Well, just like how the Super Cup expansion came with all that crap that I've only ever used like one part of. Right. But I don't know. It just it seems mechanically like a sort of different game. I mean, it was still the same game and just had that new, like the black and white camel variant. I believe it's called a zebra. No, it was two different camels. Thank you very much. <laughs> I actually really liked it because it made it harder for people like you to mathematically, to assess mathematically it out. figure mm-hmm. out what, because you don't know what's going to happen with that black, with the yeah. black and white camels. Well, because I, I can sit there in regular, normal, old camel up and go, okay, 
So if orange gets a one or a two, I need to bet on green because green can land on him with any die roll. You're basically counting cards, camel up yeah, style. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. But and I mean, you you can't have perfect knowledge. You can know no, exactly what's in that pyramid. That's still, true. But you you know it can roll a one, two, or three. You can't know. That's true. But uh, the black and white camels kind of throw that off a little bit. I mean, you can still kind of do that and be like, well, if this if the black camel mm-hmm. gets, if you roll the black camel and he gets three, then he's gonna. But you know, it makes it a lot more difficult to do that because you've got these two camels that are moving backwards. I mean, I am interested in in learning more about the second edition, but I don't know. There's just something about, I don't feel like I need to buy the second edition because I already have such a fun time playing regular, normal camel up with both of the things that I have added to it, which is the super cup expansion. And I bought the camel up cards Mm -hmm. that you can use to play a variant with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it would be, I don't know if I'll buy it because I already have the game. Yeah. I liked it enough that uh, I really think it would be cool if they would offer the black and white camels as... Well, there was a black camel that you could get as a promo that was the referee. Yeah. But you didn't have a die. Well, these ones do. Um, it's just... And there's a, there's a white camel in the normal version. But they might have changed how it works in the new one. I don't know. I haven't played the new one. I read about it when it was announced. Mm-hmm. Um I think we talked about it maybe a few episodes we ago. We talked about the fact that it clarified the fact that it is indeed Camel Up. Yes. And not Camel Cup. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, when I was in Japan, there was a Japanese version of Camel Up that said, Camel Upu. It didn't say Camel Cupu. It said yeah. Camel Upu. Yeah. And I sent that to one of our friends who insists on calling it Camel Cup. And I said, look, Jason, it says Camel Apu, not Camel Kapu. And he was like, well, it's wrong. <laughs> Oh my God! Did it, he needs to see the new version to uh, see uh, that it I, is. I don't know. I sent him three bells of shame earlier on uh, Google Hangouts. He did not respond. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So I did play that. It was it was it was pretty cool. Um, I I don't know if I'm gonna run out and buy a new version, mm-hmm. but I would play with those black and white camels again. Like if they were to sell those separately so that you could upgrade your original game. I totally would. Well, why would they do that when you could just buy a new $40 game? Yeah. Um, I assume I, it costs $40. It I probably have, does. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember how much you paid for the for the original one. I think it was $40 for the original one. Probably. Um, and I want to say it was like $35 for the expansion. The, the pyramid functions differently now. Like... Right. You don't have to flip it over now? Is that is that correct? Yeah. You put the... You put the dice in the toe like you take the top off and put uh-huh. the dice in and then put the top back on but you also have to pick the pyramid up whenever you're dropping the die out uh-huh. because if you leave it sitting like with the regular pyramid where you just you know yeah. leave it sitting there and then you pick it up the die if you try to do that with the plastic one the die doesn't come out uh-huh. so you actually have to pick it up to make the die come out hmm I don't know otherwise the die just gets stuck in there hmm well, I will tell you this. If I do get it for Crimbo, we'll play it. Oh, well, okay. But I'm not asking for it for Crimbo, so probably okay. won't get it. Well, I haven't decided what I'm getting you for Crimbo, but probably not that. Yeah, also don't get me access and allies and zombies. Yeah, that had not crossed my All mind. Right. Uh, I don't generally buy you board games because you That's have true. so many. That's I true. I generally try to think of something that you don't 
buy for yourself. Because why would you, I mean, I could buy you something and think he doesn't have this. And then like three days later, you'd be like, look what I just bought. So I try to stay away from things or like look board what games. I found in a box that I forgot I had. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to stay away from things like board games. That's, for that's fair. And you should also stay away from Power Rangers toys. Yeah. And Funko Pops. Yeah. Those are all things I don't buy for you. Yeah. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Or what is this episode about, John D? Uh, it is about nothing. <laughs> uh, we're just talking. That's it. We're, people yep. are listening to us have a conversation. Yep. And this is the part where they realize this episode has been a scam. <laughs> and they are and you're out of stuck here. listening to us. Um, I played a cool game from Jelly Bean Games. Oh, yeah? It's called Lady and the Tiger. Yeah. And I have that game. Do you have it? I think have, so. you, have you played it? Uh. No. No. Of course you have it. <laughs> um, so the thing that's really cool about it is there are five games. I'm trying to remember. I'm looking it up now. There's, there's in the one small box, one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five different games that you can yep. play with the same cards. Yep. And each of the games are played very differently, and they're, they all fit within the theme of the lady and the tiger. The art is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And all the games, it's, it's really cool that you have all these like little, little mini games in one game. And all of the mini games are designed by different designers. So it's like several designers kind of came together and made this one like little, little card game. And it's, it, the games that I played, like they're really, the, they were, that I was shown were really cool. So you've probably, uh, if you've been to a convention, I've probably seen the guy that, that runs this company. Um, he has blue hair and a blue beard. His name's yes. Peter Haywood. Yes. Hayward. Haywood. Hayward. 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 Uh, he invented a few games. Uh, Dracula's Feast was the game that I that I brought that brought them to my attention. It's a social deduction sort of game. Mm-hmm. Um, they also made yes, lady, the lady and the tiger. They have um, a new one coming up. Scuttle. Um. They've got a, one that was just on Kickstarter, but the Kickstarter got canceled. Mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, it's called Jabberwocky. Jabberwocky. It is another game in the vein of Lady and the Tiger. It has, I believe Jabberwocky is going to have like seven games in one. Okay. And of course, by the name, you can ascertain that it is a Alice in Wonderland theme. Oh. And uh, it actually looks pretty cool as well. And the art is very, uh, very whimsical, like Alice in Wonderland style, whimsical, the cover has like a Cheshire cat on it. And, uh, it's something that when it goes back up on Kickstarter, I think I'll definitely back it. So yeah, jelly bean has some cool stuff and lady and the tiger, I think might be the only the first or second game that I've ever bought of theirs. And now I'm like, I need to pay more attention. Well, I have Dracula's feast. I have hidden Panda. I have the lady and the tiger. Uh, I think that's it. They don't have very many games. They've got like maybe five or six, so I've got a pretty. Looks like they have a pretty good something uh, called ninjutsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was their new, n- not not newest, but I think that was their newer ishist one. That's right, I said newer ishist. Yeah, it looks like Scuttle, Dracula's Feast, Scuttle, Lady and the yeah. Tiger, Ninjutsu, and Show Show and Tile. Mm, I don't know what that one is. Show and Tile. Um. <laughs> It's a party game for three to six players. Each player takes two sets of 
Tangram tiles. Mm -hmm. uh, picks a word and starts building. At the end of 90 seconds, you put your tiles oh. down and try to guess everyone's Yes. Word. Yes. He, he showed me that game at Gen Con. Yeah. It sounds really cool. Yes. Yes. Huh. You know? Oh, I'm looking at pictures of it. That looks really yeah. cool. I kind of want to play this. Yes, we should get a copy of that and play it. Oh, we definitely do. I will not be anywhere near as creative as any of these pictures. <laughs> at all. John D., let's, let's tell some really stupid convention stories. Okay. You tell us, I know this isn't strictly gaming, but let me, let me tell two Will Wheaton stories here. Will Wheaton story number one at Gen Con a few years ago. Um, when Steve Jackson Games was getting ready to run their Kickstarter for Ogre Designers Edition, mm -hmm. they were like, oh, we'll hold an, hold an event to like promote it. So, you know, Ogre was published in 1977. Not exactly a modern crowd showed up to play at this event. <laughs> right. So there's me. There's a couple of guys who said they haven't played the game since the 70s. Oh, Lord. And we're standing around waiting for them to get the tables organized and ready. And here comes this security guy and he's yelling that we can't stand there because Will Wheaton's going to be coming through and his table is over there. So we have to vacate the area. So we all kind of looked at each other and said, eh, whatever. Okay. Five minutes later, the guy comes back and says, you guys have to move right now. Will Wheaton is coming. And I said, sir, I have paid for an event ticket at these tables. They are putting these tables together. I don't care what Will Wheaton is doing. I'm going to be sitting in this chair that I'm standing in front of. If you want me to leave because Will Wheaton is coming, I'll just sit down at this chair that I've paid to be sitting at. Like, what do you want me to do? It's, it's Will Wheaton. Who cares? Like, I know some people are super big Will Wheaton fans. I'm a huge fan of Will Wheaton, but I'm not going to, like, freak out if he right. walks past me. I'm not going to, like, jump in his path and go, oh, my God, notice me. Right. If he walks past, he's trying to get somewhere. Okay, cool. I just saw Will Wheaton. I don't care. Right. So I like him. But the follow-up to that story is I want to know where his security guy was when I was carrying a giant pile of games walking back to the hotel room to drop them off and went around a corner and full speed walked into someone and said, Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't mean to bump into you. I didn't see you. I'm carrying stuff and kept walking and then turned around and said, Oh, I just walked full speed into Will Wheaton. Where was the security <laughs> Where guy there? Was the security guy there. He totally dropped the ball on his job. Were you in the elevator, the bartender elevator with us when Summer Glau got on the elevator and no one said anything? Yes. We all just kind of like, okay, so we're in some hotel at Gen Con. It's the bartender elevator. Which I can never remember what hotel that is. I don't remember. The Westin? Yes, it's the Westin. Okay. So we're, we're riding up because we're doing the elevator bartender thing. And a bunch of people, some people got on it like, I'm sorry, here's what elevator bartender <laughs> I was going to say, we might want to explain elevator bartender. So uh, at Gen Con, you know, you can't, per Indiana law, you can't have an open container out in public. You can now, actually. Oh, you can? They, they in Indianapolis. Okay, okay. Well, previously. Let's just tell this story under the assumption that it was several years ago and that law hadn't been amended yet. Um, so we couldn't pour a bottle of liquor in the hotel lobby. So we went, <laughs> so we went into the elevator and rode it up and down while we poured our drinks. Poured so we'd get in the elevator, we'd press a button, we'd go up, you know, so we're doing that. At some point, someone else gets on the elevator. And so we're like, okay, let's just play it cool. So there's like five of us on the elevator, some number. 
It goes up a floor. This lady gets on. Everyone kind of looked at each other like, this lady looks really familiar. Is it, <laughs> who is this? Like, I feel like I should know who this is. She rides up one floor, gets off, and then some guy in the back goes, was that Summer Glau? <laughs> <laughs> so Summer Glau from Firefly, um, Terminator, Sarah Connor. Uh, uh, Dollhouse? Dollhouse. Basically, every show that she's on gets canceled pretty much immediately after she's on. Well, maybe she should stop doing shows with Joss Whedon. Right. But we, I just, I just love. I should amend saying I like Joss Whedon shows. He just has a habit of getting them canceled. It's, it's. Here's the problem. It's not him. Fox. It's that he has a show that's. It's got such a niche audience. You know, people are crazy about Firefly, and people have gotten more crazy about Firefly since it aired. Because yeah. the problem is that it aired like six episodes out of order and then they canceled it. Yeah. Um, so it never really got an audience. Yeah. Because the executives at Fox were like, what is this show? Can you explain it to me? And he said, well, it's like a cowboy show, but it's in space. And they said, well, that's really stupid. Why are we giving you money? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not that Will Wheaton is there. Sorry. Whoa. Um, Joss Whedon is the problem. It's that... He makes shows that are kind of weird. Well, like, yeah. Like Dollhouse that, was really cool, yeah. too, but it was also... It's also really weird. It is super weird. And, I mean, like... Sarah Connor Chronicle... Uh, Did he do Summer Con- Connor? I don't think that well, was... Well, Summer Glass... Summer Glass uh, in that. The responsibility there is not on her, because that show... If you ever want to go back and watch that show, just watch season one. Just pretend like the show ends at season one. That there was never a second season because this season two is awful. It's probably some of the worst TV. I mean, it's not as bad as Designated Survivor. Do you know anything about that show? I do not. All right, so Kiefer Sutherland is like the Speaker of the House. A bomb goes off in Washington, D.C. The entire chain of command is gone. So it's like 24? I don't think he's... He's not the Speaker of the House. He's some... some Nobody like this. It's like in Battlestar Galactica where Laura Roslin became the president because she was the secretary of education and everyone else was dead. Oh. Except it's Kiefer Sutherland. And oh. he is some of the worst writing I've ever seen on TV. It is awful. Oh, okay. It is absolutely terrible. Fantastic. But, but it hasn't been canceled. Oh my God. Seriously? Unless it has been. And I just don't know. Cause I don't watch it. Cause it's bad. What's it called? Designated survivor. We're looking it up. There's a season three. Uh, it is still on September 21st, 2016 to present. Wow. It's already been planned for 2019. <sighs> Guys. <laughs> Guys, come on. Come on. Why? Why? Why TV? You cancel, you cancel, cancer, you cancel Firefly. Okay. So. But you still have Apparently, this Apparently, ABC did cancel the show. Oh, and um, Netflix is picking it up. Sources say Netflix is going to be picking it up. Uh-huh. Up for a third season of 10 episodes. Wow. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So, yeah, it looks like maybe Netflix. But it did get canceled. So ABC said, oh, this, this show Good. sucks. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Um, so elevator bartender. Yes, elevator bartender. Um, you should tell all of your friends about it because we're trying to turn it into an urban myth. Yeah. Did you know that at certain hours of the night, if you ride the elevator in the Westin, a man will lower from the ceiling and pour you a drink and then fade into nothingness? Yep. Elevator bartender. I hear that a bartender died on that elevator back in the 70s and that his spirit still haunts that still elevator. Still haunts that elevator by pouring day. people drinks. Like, seriously, we want to start an urban legend about the elevator bartender. So I also we also think it would be really funny for somebody to get, like, one of those old salesman suitcases mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. randomly ride the elevator up and down. You can dress as a bellhop. Yeah, and then just randomly open up and be like, can I get you a drink, martini? Uh, beverage service on today's Ascent <laughs> will be provided by, uh, you know, and then Ancient in, dice. insert beverage of choice here. But, um uh, that, that, see, Johnny, this is what happens. This is what people give us five-star reviews on iTunes for. Oh, yeah. This is like our worst episode ever. No, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, speaking of five-star reviews on iTunes, you should give us all the stars. Thanks. All the stars. All of them. Don't just give us one or two stars like I said that one time. I think I said, like, you know, if you feel like giving us a couple of stars. And then I was like, no, no. All of them, please. Okay. Um, so convention stories. Yeah. I mean, we've already told the galaxy trucker story like yeah. a thousand times. We have. Um, Nobody wants to hear how John D. Rage quit that game by dumping it back in the box. Yep. Unceremoniously. Yep. That's the entirety of the story. Pretty much. <laughs> Ooh, what about that time that guy punched you in the boob when we were playing? Uh, <laughs> we talked about alert? that, Is that we were talking? No, no was, uh, we were playing, uh, was it, we were playing pitch car? No, we were playing, um, it was a space game. Yeah. It was uh, the dice rolling. Um, there's two versions of it. Is oh, it the Captain yeah, is yeah, dead? yeah. It was no, uh, Space Cadets. Space Cadets. Dice duel. Yes. <laughs> the guy just like straight up punched you in the boob. Well, and then he like totally freaked out about it, which was really <laughs> funny because like he tried to play it off like he wasn't freaking out. <laughs> But you could totally tell on his face that he thought he was going to die. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, all you did was accidentally punch me in the boots. <laughs> a big deal. So Space Cadets Dice Duel uh, is a dice version of Space Cadets, which is a game where um, it's your favorite starship show and everything is breaking. Um, in Dice Duel, you have to roll dice constantly. Yes. Constantly. You're grabbing dice, rolling dice. And he like fumbled the die and was trying to like grab it out of the air and just full force punched Johnny right in the boob. <laughs> he did. And he, he was did. like, oh, uh, 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 oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. It was the fact that he freaked out so much is like my favorite part of that whole ordeal. Cause it just, it wasn't that big of a deal, but like, I'm pretty sure he never touched a woman's boob before. Oh, come on. Come on. You don't know that. You can't, you can't say that about the guy. You judging, don't know. He might've been married. Well, judging by how he reacted, I'm going to say he's never touched a woman's boob before. Maybe he was like super religious. And was like, oh, oh no! I have to tell my wife that I accidentally groped this random woman. Uh, who knows? It was it was funny. Whatever. Well, if you were at Origins 20, 2011, I don't know what year it was, and you played that game with us and punched Johnny in the boob, <laughs> send us a tweet. Be you like, can... that was me. <laughs> Be like, cool. <laughs> have you in fact touched? <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, Johnny. Oh, boy. This is why we get paid the big bucks. I'm sorry. I, I'm not getting paid. Are you, are you getting paid for, no, this, for no, this podcast? No. Because I know our boss. I could 
One oh, of them's downstairs. Actually, yes, one of them is downstairs. The other one's... I'm married to one of them. I don't know where the other one. She's getting a massage or something. <sighs> oh, so she's the one that has the big bucks. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, this is really our favorite gaming stories at this point. Now it's just... It's just <laughs> you know what? The elevator bartender was related to gaming because it, it, is, happened, it happened at, at Gen, Gen Con. Con. Yes. Yes. So, and then, you know, that rant about Designated Survivor, that's relevant because it's an awful, awful, <laughs> awful show that should never have been made. It should not have gotten past the pilot, the pilot episode. Well, and that was just a tangent because we were at Gen Con and saw Summer Glau. Yes. So. But not Kiefer Sutherland. No. I don't see why he would come to a convention. That'd be just weird. Uh, he could come to a 24 convention. He could go to like uh, something like Dragon Con where they have like yeah. a gazillion different. Yeah. In fact, I'd be surprised if he has. They've had everybody at at Dragon Con. I don't know. I don't know. It might not be exactly the right audience. Um, you want to talk about riffraff? Since we kind of let's come full circle here and talk about riffraff. Sure. Great, <laughs> great talk. Uh, no, I, uh, so we were, we play. I don't know. Very interesting dexterity games from time to time. Yes. Uh, I really, really, really like dexterity games. Probably my favorite genre of games. Um, we, we know the guy that did um, Junk Art. Well, we've met him yes. anyway. Yes, nice guy. Um, but yeah, I don't think he believed me when I... Like, I knew who he was. I don't think that he knew that I knew who he was. Right. And he was asking me about like, oh, what kind of games do you like? And I was like, I really like dexterity games. And he was like, okay. And I was like, yeah. You know, I like, I like Riff Raff and I like, I, I, I really like junk art. Um, and thank you for that. And he was like, oh, you know who I am? And I was like, yeah, I know who you are. You're wearing a badge, man. <laughs> you're wearing a badge that has your name on it. I'm just not freaking out because you're just some guy and you made a game that I like. Who cares? But Riff Raff. Riff Raff is an interesting one. So there's a boat that has a weight, and it kind of swings around a little bit, and you have to put your pieces on the boat. Uh, and the boat has a mast, and like, I don't know what they're called, but the, the, the pieces of wood that a sail goes on. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm sure, so there's have, the mast, sure they have a name. The mast that goes up and down, and then there's the pieces that go sideways that the sail goes on. I don't know what those are called. I don't have a nautical degree. I have a degree in television and radio broadcasting. But you play cards that have numbers, and the numbers correspond to the locations on the boat. So it's one through eight, I believe. No, I think it's one through ten. Well, it doesn't matter. You put the cards, you play the pieces. It is the most ridiculous game. So you're playing these cards. You can only play them once. So if you've got like the eight, you can only play the eight once. So the trick is you got to put those pieces up on the boat. And you got to get them up on the boat without knocking any of the other pieces down. And if any pieces fall, you can grab them. And if you catch them midair, you take them out of the game. But if they fall and they hit the table, then you have to get rid of them. You have to play them. Which is hard to do if you're so far behind from dropping pieces that you can't possibly play cards to win. So, uh, John D has a video of this somewhere of me getting the most serious playing this game. I do, somewhere. I think it was on our Instagram, maybe? Probably. But it is... Honestly, as most dexterity games are, 
it's kind of a shallow, not really a game game. But man, I got to tell you, when it comes to dexterity games, it's, it is up there for me. Uh, it was one of my grail games for a while until like randomly a miniature market had a brand new copy of it for like $20. Like um, randomly they found one in a warehouse when they were moving. I don't know. So the horizontal poles along the bottom edge of a mast to which the mast is fastened are called boom. Oh, that makes sense. We still use that word. You know, for poles, like a, like a boom mic, like a boom operator. Mm-hmm. Um, what about other parts? <laughs> I'm, I, I, I don't... I'm looking at all the different ship parts You're now. looking at nautical terms? Oh, gosh. I look at the pirateglossary.com, actually. Oh, I don't know if that's real. It is. It had the anatomy of a ship. Oh, That's just boy. what the weird website's called, but um, I'm looking at the anatomy of a ship. And it's actually quite detailed. And the other things don't seem to have names. Um, okay. I mean, I feel like they probably do, but I'm not seeing. Well, if you are a pirate, an old timey pirate, <laughs> and know the names. <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah, Johnny, I don't know. But the, the point is... Um, you know, if you tell me I can put this piece here, but if all of the other pieces fall, I have to catch them. You better bullet. You better bullet. You better bullet. I better bullet. Then I'm going to catch as many of them as I can. It's a pretty intense game. That's, that is one that we should probably play uh, for, for you all, for our fans. When we get that, which is that room right there. over there, that, the other half that of the studio. Running. Yeah. Yeah. It's covered in boxes right now. Um, but yeah, it's spoilers. If you like to watch videos and not listen to audio, got a surprise for you coming up real soon. Yay. So, um, are you, are you looking at any Kickstarters right now, Jared? Um, you know, this is that time of the year where you just get completely inundated with Kickstarters because they're doing the publishing, the, all the pre-publishing work now. So that their games can come out at, you know, like Origins, Junyun Khan, etc. It's really a horrible time for Kickstarters too, though, because like you're also trying to buy Christmas presents. Yeah, and Crimbo. Crimbo, yeah, you're trying to buy Crimbo presents. Yeah. And uh, so it's really difficult to like, oh, I really want this game, but I also have to buy gifts for my nephew. Yeah. Um, so I feel like now more than any other time of the year. Uh, companies that are trying to do a Kickstarter are really, they're not, they're not even competing with other Kickstarters. They're also competing with the holidays. Yes. So, but I noticed in November, a very large amount of Kickstarters went up. Yep. Too many. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't afford to back all the ones I wanted to back and it made me kind of sad, but. Well, one that I have not backed yet, but I am going to, because it would be silly not to. Uh, Mercury Games uh, I don't know, maybe a year ago, two years ago at this point, <clears throat> they did a reprint of one of their uh, harder-to-get games that was Container. And it came with some like nine-inch-long container ships and resin pieces to put on there as, as game pieces as you play. So they're kind of following up on that. They have a game called Big City that is also getting the 20th Anniversary Jumbo Edition. 
Uh, it has... It's not even fair to call them miniatures. <laughs> um, so it's a city building game. And it comes with buildings and little resin cranes and streetcars. I mean, at, at this point, it would be more fair to call this a model kit. It's 52 buildings, 16 different sculpts. So if you want to build a hospital, you can build a hospital. You want to build a, a, a double residence in large park? Guess what you can do? You want to put a parking garage? Guess what? You got a parking garage. Are you looking it up? You should look it up, John D. No, I'm not. You should, um, you should look it up. It also comes with, with like a playmat. Who cares about the playmat, right? Is it on Kickstarter right it now? It is. It's called Big City 20th Anniversary Jumbo Edition. Published by Mercury Games. There's a secret stretch goal. I am what looking at it, it now. What will it be? It does not say Jared is a backer, though. No, I have not backed it yet. It still has a few days to go. Um, actually, like two weeks. Yeah, it's got a couple weeks left to go. So you have time to back it if mm -hmm. you want to. If you're into this kind of thing, which I am, uh, then you should. It looks like SimCity only. Yeah. A board game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it comes with a lot of stuff. I like the buildings. The buildings yeah, they were really pretty cool. cool. Okay. Um, yeah. there, there's nothing in here on the Kickstarter about the crane miniatures that I was led to believe would be coming with the game. So that might be what the secret stretch goal is, but don't get mad at me if it's not. All I know is what I was told. They're pretty cool, though. And sometimes what you're told versus like, oh, yeah, we'd like to do this versus, well, we looked at the cost and uh, absolutely cannot justify that but in order to get the game it is 130 dollars. it is a little pricey because it comes with a bazillion yeah. resin houses yeah i mean they're really cool looking um so i backed their previous well i didn't back it i uh, i did not use kickstarter to back it i pre-ordered it from them directly at the kickstarter price but you get an extra thing if you anyway point is um I, I did purchase their previous game, Container, that is the same published quality game that this one will be, and it is worth absolutely every penny. Well, and they're saying that for the base game and the expansion, um, it's 150 US dollars, and they said it's going to retail for 200 Yeah. So, uh, you know, if this is the kind of game that you like, um, that's a deal. Yes, you get property cards. You use them to build different buildings. Um, the more adjacent properties you connect, the more points you can chain together. You can get more points by upgrading the structures in a way that the best structures are next to the newer structures. And you get bonus points if you build a residence next to parks. It's, I mean, it. it's not just, all right, here's a bunch of houses. Good luck. Right. There's it's not some, like they just gave you a bunch of Monopoly hotels. Yes. There's some strategy in here, some some pretty deep strategy. So I would be very bad at it. Mm, probably. And there's modular neighborhoods, so you know you won't have the same game twice. Right. I like I like modular games. Yes. Do you have a Kickstarter, John D? I do. I I hope I haven't already talked about this Kickstarter. It is uh, Imagineers, 
from Maple Games. And we have already talked about another Maple Games game in the past. Their very first Kickstarter was Dragon Boats. Mm -hmm. So this is their second Kickstarter. And I've actually played this one. Um, I played a prototype of it when I was at Grand Con. And... Well, if you did talk about it, I'll just edit all this out. I don't think I, I don't think I talked about the uh, Kickstarter. Or I'll leave um, it in and make you sound like a dumbo. I don't care. It's fine. But so Imagineers is a board game that where you're engineering amusement rides and roller coasters, and it's it's really cool because you're trying to, you know, you're you're building these and you're trying to get people to come. Like you get points by people like coming to your. Um, your amusement rides, or you also get to build roller coasters that are on like your player board or whatever. And it's, it's a really, it was a really fun game. Um, and I, and I had played it with, you know, it was just a prototype without art or anything and had a really good time. And I think that is a real, um, indicator of a fun game. If you don't, if you can't even really see the, the final, like what it's going to look like and you still have a really good time. And then the art that they're showing on the Kickstarter is just, it's so cool. I mean, it just makes you feel like, you know, they've got all the different themes for a different, like amusement park. Um, You know, there's, they have several different amusement park themes that you can be building your stuff under. I'm trying to remember what some of the themes are. I've been watching them on Kickstarter or watching them on um, Instagram. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, trying to find what some of the themes are. Like there's a water theme and, and, uh, I don't know, lots of different themes, but the art is really cool. It just kind of makes you feel like, you know, you're at an amusement park. Well, I can't look at the Kickstarter because it won't load. We don't have internet over here yet at this, in this new building that we built. We didn't build, (laughs) we didn't build this building. Uh, so I have to tether my phone to my laptop to get internet and it's not working. So you'll have to tell me all about this game, John, because well, I, I mean, can't look at so it. So what they kind of say on the Kickstarter is that it's a tile placement, resource management, and, and it also kind of, and I see this, it's kind of an innovative twist on Moncala. Okay. And I wouldn't have thought of that until I see that mentioned here. And then it, yeah, I can kind of see that. Um, so basically, you're all trying to build this theme park together, but you're also trying to make the most for yourself. You're trying to make the best roller coaster ever, and you're getting points um, when you're building attractions into the theme park. You get points whenever you get the meeples to come to the attraction that you built. Okay. So um, it's not a difficult game to play, but there is a bit of strategy to it, and it's a lot of fun. And I really look forward to playing this one. Okay. So this one, it's a Canadian company. And uh, one of the president of the company is actually Daryl Andrews. Yes, I was about to, yeah. Yeah, Daryl Andrews, the designer of Sagrada. And several, he's worked on a ton of games. Just Sagrada is the big one that everybody's talking about right now. But you can get the game, um... You can get the base game for thirty U.S. dollars, or you can get the deluxe version, which I'm all about. If if I'm backing a Kickstarter, I'm just I usually will back for the deluxe version, and in this one, the deluxe version is fifty one dollars. 
So I was about to um, file a complaint here. Um, my bank would not let me have a Canadian charge go through because I was in Japan at the time. They were like, you can't be in Japan and charge in Canada. Uh, and I sent them an email. And I said, hey, what should I do? And they never responded. But uh, I'm just going to help myself here. I, I went back to their previous game. It was the Dragon Boats of the Four Seas. There's a late pledge button. So if you've missed that, you can... That's going to be a beautiful game. Still hop in there um, if you were like me and were in the wrong hemisphere at the time. Yes, it, Dragon Boats is going to be a beautiful game. So... Uh, and so is Imagineers. Imagineers, it is fully funded. So it is definitely getting made. And... The Kickstarter runs until December 2nd. So you've got a little bit of time left to get in on that still. Okay. Well, uh, like always, we'll put links in the episode notes on our website. <clears throat> I don't know if those show up on iTunes or Google Play. If you have a podcasting app, I have no idea. I don't go back and listen to our episodes. I just look at them when I put them on. <laughs> <laughs> I do occasionally go back and listen to them, mm -hmm. but I listen to them from our website. So. Ah, yes, yes. Um, well, there you go, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Did you eat any good food on Thanksgiving? Mm, Play any games? No, no. No. Didn't really do anything exciting. Uh, but let me tell you, go to your local grocery store and get these Pillsbury pre-cut cookies. They have like crimbo trees and snowmans. I love those cookies. They're oh just like God, little sugar so cookies. Good. Yes. Yeah, they're super good. I want to eat. And they're so easy so to make and they're adorable. Yeah, it takes like 10 minutes to make them. You don't have to cut them. You just, yeah, yeah, yeah it's you so just good. cut them and bake them. They're the best. Yeah, they are really good. Uh, okay. Well, John D. Until next time <laughs> when we have a better episode. <laughs> yes, the audio. Uh, well,. Let me not overpromise here. Hopefully, the audio will not be. Well, and maybe echoing. we won't just be like babbling for however long we just. Oh, uh, is that the problem? Is no, we'll still be doing that. It just maybe won't be as echoey. Yeah. Okay. So until <clears throat> next time, Jared. You can eat, eat shit, shit and, and dice. dice. Shit and Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license, attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0, international. Put $26 shipping? For what? For this, for this game. For Dragon Boats? Yes. What? $26 Canadian dollars. So that's like $4. What is that? What is that actually? Uh. How much is a Canadian dollar worth? I'm sorry, how much is a Canadian toonie worth? One Canadian dollar equals 75 cents in the United States. Okay, so 112 Canadian dollars is like $80, right? Sure. That, I don't know. Does that make sense? Be like $84? 112 Canadian dollars to US would be 84.45. Okay. So $84 shipping. It is not $84 shipping. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, Daryl Andrews. Good night, John Boy. <laughs>